and you're listening to Training for Ultra Podcast. This is Anime Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra Podcast. Yeah, it's like really, the, I just need to catch up with Rob. Uh, Training for Ultra Podcast, and this is David Laney. I, I thought oh. it was a joke. <laughs> it, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <That's> so pleasant. <laughs> oh my god, you because literally the thing would be like, beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Hey, this is Keith from Atlas Genius, and you're listening to Training for Ultra. Welcome to episode 89 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And we have an exciting episode. I mean, we're trying something new today. So you'll hear my very first episode of Unrefined. It's a new podcast I'm putting out. We talked to Keith Jeffrey of the band Atlas Genius. And we go all over the place. You know, we get to know Keith the person more than the musician, but you're going to hear a lot about him as a runner and his perspective on running that just hasn't been told before. So again, thank you to my sponsors for letting me do kind of crazy one-off projects like this ultimate direction. I'm using the mountain 4.0 during Bighorn 100 miler coming up here in a few weeks. Sufferfest beer, big supporters from day one. Same with Hammer Nutrition. Very appreciative. Destination Trail, Candace Burt and her team have supported Training for Ultra. Thank you guys. And last but not least, Exoskin, Toe Socks, Calf Sleeves, Base Layers. I'll be using them all, basically, during the Triple Crown of 200s. If you haven't used Exoskin, feel free to use my promo code T4U20 for 20% off. Let's get this show on the road. We're going to talk to the lead singer of Atlas Genius. Welcome to Unrefined. Unprocessed, raw, natural, rough, unworked. In other words, real conversations. My name is Rob Steger. And I'm excited to announce my new podcast. These are real conversations with amazing people from around the world. Get ready for a whole new podcast starting this week. Hit that subscribe button and come join me. Unrefined. I'm joined here by Keith Jeffrey, the lead singer at Atlas Genius. Thank you for taking all the time tonight to uh, to chat with me. I wanted to take a different route and try something new here and just excited that our schedule's lined up. Yeah, I've been looking forward to a chat. I don't often talk to people about things outside of music. I thought that was our, our angle um, for for talking to you is every interview I've talked I've listened to because you know you're I'm a fan of Atlas Genius. Thank they, you. They hit um, almost only music and then it's like very topical stuff and i want to get to know keith jeffrey 
the person. Um, and it's kind of an oddity when you talk to a rock star and you don't talk about music much. So, you know, thank you again for taking the time. Of course. Pleasure to be here, man. Let's start with, I mean, I do have to hit one one initial question. Atlas Genius, you know, I've I've read the stories that your brother, you know, had a dream about the name. Yeah. Well, is I it, just really is, started to, no, that's not true. I, I would... I mean, there's a bunch of stories that I would put out there when people used to ask it. Firstly, it's, it becomes a really boring question, you know, It's right. because it's kind of like, why did you name your child John or whatever? Like, And there might be a reason, but it's really a name for a band and I guess a person as well. You, you choose it um, not even really knowing what's going to happen, um, what, the, what, what it's going to become. And you just – it felt – like a name that it was it, it was aesthetically pleasing to me um but it, it really was a tag so that you can then build this world within that name um or you know attached to that name and so i don't remember the specifics of, of when i came up with it or exactly how i came up with it but it was on a short list of names and we needed something that um for, for for the music we were about to put out, and that was at the top of the list for me. It was something that it's it's kind of had an open endedness to it. Um, it is felt there, like it could. Is there a deeper meaning to it? You're a deep dude, and you don't get many deep questions. And it it was like frustrating to me that no like everyone's just scratched the surface with you, and no one has mm. like maybe wanted to dive. You know. Mm, well, I guess that's partly my fault as well. I mean, when you're talking about a band name, I think it was um, it had this classic Greek mythology kind of vibe to it, you know. But it but it wasn't like I was referencing okay specific. So it wasn't like you were looking at the Latin and I wasn't getting no, I wasn't going crazy with my uh, ancient history coming up <laughs> with band names. It was. Um, it was just, it, I mean, that really, it, it's something that I didn't want a name that was too, that led you into thinking of certain types of music. Um, because it quite often, like, there are certain bands that are actually really quite good. And I have been guilty of, of avoiding their music for a long time, thinking that it was some other kind of music because it had a certain vibe to it. You know, there's like, there's eras of bands where everything was something in a number you know there was blink 182 matchbox 20 or there's all these you get these different fashions in in names and it felt at the time like it didn't remind me of any particular fashion yeah um, and so and i like that it, 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 it felt to me at least and maybe for other people it did but to me it didn't feel like it was going to make you think of any particular style of music and i like that because then it kind of left it open for us to experiment and and to create whatever atlas genius you know, so became and continues to evolve into. I, I I respect that. I think the name's kind of timeless, and I'm glad you didn't add 22 to the end of it or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that, so am I. So I've I've seen you in person. We've hung out, and you've hung out with like thousands of people. So you probably don't remember, but the genesis of the idea of even contacting you guys was your brother Stevie. Yeah. We're having a beer. It was kind of like a backstage concert at in Columbus, Ohio. You know, my buddy mm. 
Scala, who managed your guys' band for quite some time. Um, oh no, no, was... uh, no, no! Just a correction. No, he's a, he's just a friend. He was he was uh, working with another band that we toured with. Oh my! Okay, my fault. Um, yeah. Stevie and I were having a beer, and this was right when I started running. And I swear, the whole time we just talked about running, and I was like, <laughs> "Whoa!" He's a mad runner. He loves he loves it. I mean, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, my my brothers run too," and so I. I heard this like story kind of behind the scenes, like, you know, this, this band, I love their music and I don't know if there's been a single mention ever anywhere, really. Um, I'm sure you've mentioned it places, but no one talks about you running and mm. is that an important part of your life? Cause Stevie really talked passionately about, yeah. you know, getting out and hitting, hitting a quick run every day. I mean, he's a he's a crazy quick runner. Um, yeah, and and it's I mean we've mentioned it in passing, I'm sure, but um, it's uh it's something that we all we all do. Um, my other brother Michael, um, he just got back from a 12k run just a little a while ago, actually. Um, so we've always been runners, uh, and I think that was a gift that, our, particularly our father, instilled. A gift that he gave us that he used to take us on short runs when we were kids, and you know when you're a little kid. Um, especially, I mean, he continues to be, you know, someone that we look up to, but especially when you're little, when you're like four or five, if your dad takes you on a short run around the block, um, it was always a fun thing. It was a bonding thing that we used to do with our parents. And I think running is one of those things that can be hard to get into as an adult if you've never done it. Um, I've noticed that with friends that just outright say, look, I just, I hate running. And, and I, I don't understand it because when I'm, I love running. I think that, um, and clearly you do as well. And what I find, uh, especially, you know, if you take a few months off, those first couple of runs can be a bit difficult, obviously. Yeah. But um, but once you get in that flow and you're like a week or two back, in, you're into the, you've got your fitness back. And it's a really therapeutic uh, thing. And I've noticed with my, uh, my brother, Michael, who's not really into meditation, like I am into meditation, but I've noticed that he doesn't like talking if we do a group run like he likes to just focus on his breathing and i realized that he kind of stumbled upon his own form of meditation without even really calling it that um and it's just uh focusing on your breathing especially when you're in when you get really fit and you go on a long run um there's a zone that you get into which you obviously know a lot about um and that's so therapeutic so it's so it's, it's important um we've had a crazy sort of seven or eight years and um and that's what being one of the constants, you know. We've always had running in our lives, and and it remains a very important part of our lives. It's uh, I just, it's I, amazing my, 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 hearing you talk about that. No, get, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, one of my one of my fears actually is that is that you know I do an injury where I couldn't run. That I I would, I, you know, and that, that's always potential for all of us runners. But um, I was listening to a podcast today talking about the the the, the toll on your joints, you know, and the forces. I think it's like seven times that your body weight every time you strike the ground when your feet you know this so there's a fair bit of wear and tear that happens as a result and you know you've got to be careful but i do I, it's an incredible thing to do if so, you can get to that point of being fit i mean have you come up with lyrics while you're running like how has running affected your music because this is kind of the untold story of atlas genius in my opinion you guys are all runners like in mm. and you're all yeah, meditating I, you know yeah I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about that. It'd be a good point. I guess, I mean, we are all runners. Um, 
have I come up with lyrics while running? I'm I'm sure I have. I can't think of any specific songs or anything, but um, all I know is that um, creatively, that that benefit your, your creative side benefits hugely from running or or any exercise for that matter. You know, whether you might be just going to the gym, whatever, but getting your heart rate up for an extended period of time, you the endorphins that are released. Like that's how I battle depression. You know, that's a really great way of you can start them. You can wake up and feel quite flat, but yeah, it's really difficult to to come out of a an hour long run and still feel depressed. You know, that's a, quite an achievement if you can manage to stay depressed after a long run. And, and I I find that I always I'm in a much better mood, uh, and that helps creative in you know, the creative process. But there's um, I mean, when let's... you've got a clear head, things are a lot. Let's let's talk about that because that was something I thought a lot about. I I do some serious, right? I have done painting. You know, I was I was gifted with um, uh, some painting talent, which is not really much in our modern day society. Music is valued a lot more um, for some reason. It's a shame. It, it is a shame that um, and even actually, I've got, music has kind of been devalued in a way. Obviously, it's still valued, like it, but. Yeah, painting is it's incredible, and it's um a lot of a lot of things talents like that seem to be currently undervalued. But um, anyway, sorry, continue. What was your question? No, I mean it's it's strange to me that there is no modern day rock star painter. Like what happened? Yeah, and, and you look, and you look back, you guys Picasso and yeah, exactly. all like throughout history mm. there have been rock star painters, and now not so much maybe spielberg is like a modern mm. artist i don't know yeah. um well i think i think that partly is uh, because of the, the the different stimuli the different ways that we can that our attention is occupied now and, and people you can go to a show and then it's a very strong communal experience whereas painting um you know it's a quiet you go to a, a gallery and it's it's a it's a hushed environment typically, and um, I guess it's not quite as exhilarating for the average person. So, um, well, if I ever have a gallery, I'll just have you guys play live, and then just, yeah, <laughs> just, just have a loud, um, have a loud sound system cranking. No, but so what I'm going back to is my best paintings happen when I'm not happy, when I'm mm. dealing with stuff, and it sounds mm. like you deal with stuff and. Are you the same way? Like, is that almost part of the fundamental, like, creative spirit behind Atlas Genius? Like, is your music better when you're not feeling great? Um, mm. And and how do you handle that? Because running helps, but yeah, you have that down month with a knee injury or something, and then you know you don't have that crutch to lean on. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. I used to think that. Um... I used to do my best work when I was less happy. Um, now I'm not so much. I think that um, what I do think is easy to uh, to achieve when you're feeling flat is when you're totally overwhelmed with an emotion, then if you go to create, there's a sort of a purity that comes out of it because you're so immersed in that pain that that is a form of, you know, true artistic expression so i think that's probably why a lot of us feel like we do our best work when we're um suffering i just think it's harder i think you can do the same thing if you were extremely happy and genuinely happy right and 
and you weren't trying to write a hit song or paint the best painting in the world, but just expressing that joy that you're feeling or whatever emotion it might be. I just think that pain is, is one that's very easy to get lost in, especially as artists who are sensitive. So I think that's, you know, that's probably why a lot of us um, find that we do this really honest, uh, what's the word? When you're creating, you don't want to be thinking about anything else but, but what you're creating, you know, and, and, and especially in my in my field, you know, if you're if you're creating music, there's this commercial aspect to a lot of it. Um, a lot of people don't pay to get rich, you know, because there's not really that much money in painting. But a lot of people create music because they think it's a it's a road to fame and fortune. And when you're creating, thinking that someone is going to discover you and 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 make and sign you and make you rich, you're going to write shit for the bulk. Yeah. Sorry to be crass, but the bulk of what you're going to do is probably going to be pretty shallow and and then and the world needs shallow pop music there's a lot of stuff like that that do, still makes it but um but the really good art i think typically speaking it doesn't tend to happen um when people are, are trying when the, when the when the eye is on on the finish line i guess to kind of tie it back in with running like if you you've really got to be focused on that creative journey um uh, and i now think that if I can get myself, if I can get my depression, for instance, under control each day, and I'm feeling relatively balanced, then I can write good music as well. Like I probably did more when I was depressed when I was younger. Um, that, and I think that's just something that comes with age and working out how to manage your your emotions a bit better. I mean, it's just it's cool hearing you talk about flow and like I know you're a runner. The way you described it, it was. It's really cool. Like I've been thinking about this conversation for some time and it's crazy to live in the present and actually be in the conversation right now. Um, mm. how, you, how, what's the, what's a long run for you? Like what do you tend to, I imagine you're doing a lot longer runs than I would tend to I do. I mean, uh, 20 miles is a long run maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, between a half marathon and marathon, I'd say. And yeah. You'd be surprised for like super long races like a hundred miles and beyond, uh, a long run still that distance. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I've got friends. I've got one of my good friends from school, is an ultra marathon runner. Uh, he does like you said, like you know, hundred miles, like hundred kilometers, and also hundred miles, which is one hundred and sixty kilometers. You just he, gotta, just slow down a little bit. Slow down. <laughs> you and, and Stevie's probably pushing the pace. You know, like just slow down, enjoy it, mm -hmm. the hit flow, um, which reminds me. Did you meditate before running or did running introduce you to meditation? Because I I mean, I think in, again, I don't know for a fact, but it seems like meditating is a big part of your life. Uh, I find that I lean on it when, um, when I'm going through something and, and I'm guilty of not meditating every day if I'm feeling good. Um, but it is, but and, and, uh, there's no, you don't have to meditate every day, I guess, but I like the, I like the practice of it. Um, it's grounding, um, and I try to do it every day. But um, I, I didn't I didn't find it through running. I, I, I've now realised the parallels um, between getting in that flow state when you're running and focusing on your breathing when you're sitting and meditating. Um, I found it through. Well, I found it actually probably like a lot of people in recent years through um, apps like headspace you know which is um i was aware of meditation before i had done a little bit of it but then 
just the idea of having some guy, this English guy with a nice voice, <laughs> coaching me through it um, yeah. and calming me down. I think that was. It's, it's, I, I've had friends who really don't like the idea of the meditation app, and I, I really do like it. Are you? A very visual thinker, because to me, I feel like you're a quantitative, a, a, more of a quant guy. Like, are you, how do you feel like you think about life? Like, if you're in the tour bus going mm. city to city, are you counting mile markers like my wife might? Um, like, what, like, how do you think? Uh, well, I, I'm definitely guilty if you ask my parents and, and i guess i'll admit as well of being an overthinker um which is not a good thing it's not that's not um at all a bragging thing like it, it's a i think it, overthinking is a is not a helpful are you it's not helpful in most areas of life yeah are you comfortable with numbers or because i mean the two parallel it, it, music and numbers i don't know i just i feel like you have a quantitative view um, more so than others, but I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting uh, to hear well, you talk about flow and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I, that's, I guess, um, you're making me think of sort of, I, I, in, in school, I was more of a science kid, you know, um, enjoyed music, but science was more my yeah thing. Um, if that's kind of what you mean or that is, that is, else. yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing because your lyrics like I literally, I mean, I again, I'm trying to steer clear of music and all the stereotypical questions that you probably had a thousand times, but a perfect end, I mean, during my low moments as an ultra runner or trying to aspire to become an ultra runner, like that song and those lyrics hung with me like during my life and got me through rough patches. Um and have like it's a whole idea. different meaning than maybe you initially like tried to put out there, but um, your lyrics are phenomenal, and the fact that you're more science minded, I think, is just a really interesting takeaway. Yeah, um, it's not. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Um, lyrics are. I have a love hate relationship with lyrics. Um, they're incredibly satisfying when you you look back. On a song, and, and and you feel like you achieved what you wanted to, but but the process can be grueling. Like um, the the process of creating the music underneath is is effortless. That's a lot easier to get in the flow, I find. But um, and I guess maybe that's <clears throat> I don't know. Some people are like I didn't, I wasn't like I, I enjoyed English in school, but it wasn't that wasn't my 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 favorite was like chemistry and physics and maths, and um, I'd so. Lyrics are something that um, I probably labour on more than the music, um, and but what I've realised in in recent years, after you sort of have somewhat of a body of work and you can listen back, <clears throat> even the, you yourself as the writer can can get a totally different impression from a song that you wrote, um, and at the time you were, you know, pulling your hair out trying to say something in, in the right way, but even if you achieved what you thought you were trying to achieve, it may not come across like that to the listener and that's like with all art you know you whether it's yeah. a painting or whatever you know like you might watch a tv show and you get a totally different experience out of it than what the creative thought they were going to give you and that's what i've learned now is like there's some there's just a beauty in 
working quick and getting it done in a couple of days um, and and not going back and tinkering too much because you could tinker and might you might ruin that one little imperfection that actually was was the endearing part of it. Like I listen back and obviously I, our biggest song to date is Trojans. And if I listen back now, there are things I'd probably change <laughs> because yeah. and also because you you know you're a different person yeah, and yeah. and also you and as a producer that's like, crazy. Was as a producer like I listen to that and and I've sort of developed certain production skills that would that sort of when I listen back to the the certain naivety and innocence of that track, which had I had we, were we doing it, if we were doing it right now, I'd probably do it differently. But that might actually ruin the yeah. the vulnerability and the reason why people like that song. And I'll never know because I don't hear that song the same the same way as other people because I wrote it. But um, <clears throat> it was a lesson to in that you know what you don't. There's no such thing as perfection, and 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 there's I forget who the quote was, but it's something about. It's a, relating to painting, and it's a, a painting is never finished. It just you just stop at an interesting place. Seems, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing that too. I um, totally I relate. <laughs> writing, that, signing my name on something on a painting is almost impossible. Like I used to take. It's a scary thing, isn't it? I, I don't want to be like, finished. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always a work. Fear. There's the fear, yeah, of, of you finish it, you put it out, and then you listen back, and you're like, or you look back at the painting or whatever it might be, and you think, oh shit, yeah. I. Yeah. I should have done this. I could have done that better. But I think now the approach that I try and take is, yeah, maybe I would have done that differently now. But that's just I will just keep that in the back of my mind for the next thing that I'm creating because it's much. You can labour on something, and, and and the ultimate extension of that is is to never put anything out. You might just spend your entire life tinkering on the one bit of art, and then and what good is that to anyone? You know, that's interesting, and I just want to throw it out there. Can't be alone tonight. You know, you release it this year. Yeah. I think it's one of the better songs you've ever released. So, I think it's, I, yeah, I think I it's really, a really sort of uh, a the, strong track. Yeah. The, the quality of what you're producing today, essentially, is like off the charts, and your next record's just, I can't wait for it. And, and that's honestly. I, I listened to your albums all week while I ran and trained um, just to try to get like a deeper level of, of understanding where you're coming from. And Trojans mm. is good, but uh, Inanimate Objects, I think, is an album I can listen from the beginning to the end to. Yeah. Um, and I just I'm being totally honest with you. Um, and so I think you're progressing and. I think you'll progress. I feel like you guys are are all brothers that um, you'll just keep getting better over time. Like I see you in a whole different category. And <laughs> thank you to my 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 buddy Scala for even pointing you guys out. We were we were big fans of the Killers and like you know college friends and yeah um yeah after actually paying real close attention, I'm like yeah blown away. Well, yeah, thank you, and we all hope that we get better at something because it would be it would be um, disappointing if after putting years of effort and attention to something you were actually going backwards. Um, but yeah. there is, <laughs> but I will say on that though, um, but there is this sort of you have these periods of growth, but then um, it, I think that uh, an artist can do some of their best work 
at the very beginning of their career or, you know, and, and, and potentially at the end as well. Um, I, I, I used to think that there was a, a much stronger connection between um, um, you know, uh, virtuosity on an instrument or as a singer um, and, and the quality of the songs, but I totally don't, I totally disagree with that now. I used to, when I was a kid, I would sort of, you would sort of scoff at someone who was, you know, like some famous singer or whatever that was maybe not technically that great. Um, but I was missing the point, and I think a lot of musicians miss the point when they, um, because Kurt Cobain was by no means the greatest guitarist in the world, but his music has affected me more than any virtuoso in the world. You know, Eric Clapton or whoever you want to <laughs> reference, John Mayer, anyone like like that. Um, they they leave doesn't really do that much for me, um, uh, and obviously it does for other people. But um, so you could do great stuff when, at the beginning of your career, and I think that the the trick as you're growing older and getting technically sort of more proficient is to is to still realise that all that matters is, is 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 a true expression of some emotion, and if you can convey that in a real effective um, streamlined manner, the art tends to be more um, tends to resonate with people better because if, if you get too lost in the technicalities of of the guitar part or, or showing off as a singer or a drummer or whatever it might be, you quite often ruin it. Um, and so, that's, so you know, the, I always try to remind myself that like, Hey, yeah, I can play, I can probably play better now than I could years ago, but make sure I just make sure you focus on the art. So you're saying that maybe being unrefined is there's a value to it. Like maybe there's a huge value to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I think it, that's why a lot of bands potentially, well, this is just a random theory, but I feel like a lot of bands do their best work early on because there's this naivety and, and innocence that they're not overthinking everything. And once you get, um, you know, you can get sort of a bit sort of heady about things. There yeah, is that real risk yeah. of, of screwing things up, and, and and then all of a sudden you've just all you've done is create something that's more of a a, a workshop or like a showcase of your talents rather than yeah, you know, it's not unique anymore. Up. It's not unique because you've learned what almlike a societal norm is. Like yeah, how, how that, to make a song totally. like, you know, so your yeah. colleagues can be Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I well, I think most musicians um when you start out, you don't have access to to all the all of the, the greatest um music, you know, producers and and studios in the world. And then after a few albums, if you've had some success, all of a sudden you are Yeah. Um, you are um, learning all the tricks, which is great, but maybe there was something beautiful about the way you were doing it wrong. That's beautiful. I like that. Um, yeah, quite, I, I'm quite wrong, you know, which obviously I'm not. I, exactly. No, no, I got it. Um, and honestly, like an Ein, you could even apply it to like a science and stuff. Like Einstein's like best theories came out early and then he just was kind of lost trying to figure it out at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, so how do you deal with, cause I think a lot of what we're talking about is art in modern day society. There's seven or 8 billion people out there. How do you, how do you, um, express yourself in a unique manner? Like I just, it would drive me crazy um, being in your position, trying to just name a song, you know, like this is what this song feels like. I want to name the song this, 
and then it's like, oh, there's been 47 other people that have named a song the same thing, you know? Like, how do you handle that and then modern-day critics? Because being, um, a, being yeah, a musician I'll, I'll, yeah. today is hard. Um, well, as far as, like, naming a song or, you know, choosing what to create or whatever, um, I really don't give a shit about what anyone else has done anymore. Like, I, I um, try to really just block that out. Uh, and just focus on what am I, you know, did I just have a fight with my girlfriend or am I, or am I thinking about my grandfather or whatever the song might be, whatever it's going to be about, that's all that matters. Um, and what anyone else is doing, it really doesn't matter. You know, like right now, if you were going to say we were thinking of bands as, as companies instead of groups of people creating music, um, you wouldn't put your dollar on on indie rock, right? Like what we do is classified as, I guess, indie rock. And right now it's a very, uh, it's very hot to be, um, like pop is huge. Pop music has always been big, but also hip hop. And so we're not kind of really going with the trend right now. We're sort of like our sort of uh, group of bands, the the bands that we belong with, I guess, you know, like um, sort of bands Alt Nation would play or, you know, all the sort of alternative radio stations around the country. Um, the, the, uh, what we are is not in fav- favor as far as the public goes, but you can't think about that. Like you can obviously listen to what's out there, but as you're creating, it should just really like, does this turn you on as a listener? Like if I listen back to something in the studio that I've created, do I actually like it or am I just creating this because I think some, a group of other people is going to like it. And if I'm doing the latter, then they're probably not going to like it. And, yeah. and and even if they do, I'm not going to be satisfied. And I mean, life is pretty short. Would you really want to be copying other people? Like, and that's the hard thing about the industry is that, I, that what the industry that we live in, that we work in, um, constantly tells you to go and listen to what else is out there and try and do a a facsimile of that. And and where's the fun in that? You know. I mean, there there are legit computer like artificial intelligence software packages that are producing music that could potentially be top 10 in the you know in the u.s and whatnot yeah it's like oh my gosh like is that what you want to be (laughs) yeah and they might work but i doubt i seriously doubt it because you look at all the times that a band or a song gets really big um, and actually stands out above the bulk of songs is when it doesn't sound like anything else. And, and yeah. you know, look at someone like Mumford and Sons, who, who would have predicted that, that, you know, sea shanties from the 1850s with a modern take would have been, would have been massive, you know, like, because, yeah. and, and the reason was, because they were great. Queen. They're, they're inc- yeah. It's, yeah. It's incredible songs. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it happened to be dressed up in sort of a, you know, a, a ye oldie, Sort of acoustic manner, but they were great songs, and 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 you couldn't have guessed that. Like, no, I don't think a computer algorithm is going to guess that. Yeah. Um, so, so, and whoever whoever the band might be, you know, like could be whatever the Strokes when they came out, or when Nirvana came out, or yeah. Or gosh, I you know that's probably why I fundamentally related to you the most was like just your fundamental love of Nirvana. Smells like Teen Spirit. Like that song, just probably one of the best ever. Oh, that um, and that whole album, the whole album. Yeah. Was just, and he's just such a fascinating figure, you know, guy at twenty seven, but just so shame, yeah. so um just so important. Like he just changed everything. Like music didn't mean anything to me really until Nirvana came out and then all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, 
I yeah. don't know what music is really, but I, I know so I need to. It's so raw, and it's cool that we got to talk about how, like, Kurt wasn't refined. He like the fact that he didn't know what should have been, you know, put together there was why it was such a a great album. Um, I got like two more questions, and again, I could probably have you on for. I don't know, an hour or two just talking about, you know, your vegan diet and how that affects you. Um, I want to shift and I, I truly want to hear more about that at some point. Hopefully, sure, we do, maybe we'll chat again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you're in Red, if you're touring and you stop by Denver for Red Rocks, I mean, I'm here. So I think in Let's Go to Touring, you're, you're putting together a new album. You're taking your time away from studio time right now as we talk, which, again, I'm very thankful for. I think touring is an endurance sport. Is that is. is that correct? I mean, yeah, elaborate on the parallels between your running experience and touring um, well, in the States, first at least. Thing, the first th- yeah, the first thing that springs to mind is um, it, it, um there's no real preparation you just that, that is very effective you just need to jump in it's like running like there's no good thinking about it or whatever you just need to go out and go for a run and that and those first that first week of runs or that first week on tour you're just aching everything's hurting your body's going what the fuck's going on right now yeah um but then within about a week you know you find your rhythm and um it is a, it is a very grueling thing though, and, and what gets you through is the adrenaline. You know, you, for about an hour or two a night, you have a show, and if everything goes well, it's an exhilarating experience, and you've got this adrenaline rush, and that can carry you through. You know, because the next day you wake up, you're exhausted. Maybe you didn't sleep that well because the bus was, maybe it was a bit bumpy or, or whatever. Um, yeah, and you and people, I don't know if everyone people realize, but quite often on tour, bands will play six or seven or eight nights in a row you might have one day off and that's a chance to do your laundry in some random hotel around the country and then you and you're back at it and it's, it's really tiring because you're, just you're like not getting running. that that's just you like don't, yeah eight days you in don't a row get that, <laughs> yeah you don't get that deep REM sleep because you you know the, the bus hits a rumble strip in the middle of your sleep and yeah. you're, you're awake for the rest of the night you know you just you just cannot get the same quality of sleep as if you're at home um but but i mean it's, i'm not complaining it's a it's it's awesome um, but you are extremely tired. You, you finish a tour that's been going for, say, two or three months, and you get home and like there's a week where you're just shattered. Yeah. Um, so do you but, hit flow on stage? Oh uh, like, yeah, that's, like that, that running that, mind frame, yeah. you know, flow. That's when you're doing it right. You know, when you're not aware, when you're really just focused on on the song or and and, and your performance, and and that's when you're that's when I feel like you're doing it right. When you're really conscious of, oh, am I, am I screwing this up? Or, yeah, I did a good job. I think that pretty much everything, if you get in the flow, that's when you're going to do your best work. So I want to finish, and I'm trying something new here. Again, new podcast. Also mm. putting it out there on my other platform. Um, you know, what, what you've toured the globe. You've had a hell of a lot of experiences. Have you? Have you like taken away one or two important lessons that you want to share with the listener? Like, is there something that that fundamentally has you know affected you 
from visiting mm. you've probably visited what a hundred cities at least and yeah i mean we've been to every every state in america now um and most states many more uh, you know much more than once um probably been to most cities in america like 10 times um I mean, what what comes to mind as you asking that question was um i think that there was this expectation that i had that if i ever achieved something like what we've achieved now which is you know we're not cold play by any means we're not you know we're just sort of just but we've done we're not you know we don't tour the world and play arenas but but we have had a level of success that i was always dreaming of right and there was that thought that all my problems would be solved and almost what gave me depression or what sort of made life difficult would all kind of melt away as soon as you reach that you have some success and that doesn't happen and also you can you can like i was guilty at times of not really appreciating or not not enjoying what moments that i probably should have because i was worrying about the next step or the next day um or something that maybe i thought i could have done better and so that it's a really good lesson that took me a while to learn is that um the you're not happiness is not about necessarily about success um although it can be you know, it can really help but um i think that all you've got is this moment right now and this is where it comes back to meditation etc um all you've got is this very moment and trying to enjoy it and, and focus you know whether it's focusing on your breathing or just being really appreciative of the fact hey i'm alive right now and and we're all going to spend a lot of time not alive you know we have and we have these brief windows, um, and even if you you got an injury or it's it's a, it, you're not having the success that you want, you can still find real happiness. Like I've some of my most quote unquote successful days were not, definitely not my most enjoyable days. And, and I remember I was working a suit, whatever it might have been. Um, yeah, and we all get older, you know, we're all sort of, you know, health that's not probably going to be optimal. Um, but if you do your best to look after it and, and just be appreciative of um, appreciative of, of just being alive, the fact that you're breathing, um, and then that, that gives me more happiness and, and trying to connect with my, my close family more often and who live back, who might be back in Australia or I'm lucky to have you know, brothers here or close friends that, that I really value and trying to, really appreciate that that's something that i've because i didn't get the happiness from the success you know that didn't give it to me um because you always always want more that's the thing like you know like for you you might run a marathon at a certain time and then like damn it i could have done it five minutes quicker or whatever (laughs) you know you you, we we can always i can complain like oh man i didn't have i didn't have a number one single at pop radio and bruno mars did so (laughs) fuck my life sucks or you know i'm not chris martin i'm not and it's like, hang on, I'm just, I get to do what I love. Um, and, and even if I don't, you can always find, even if you have to work a, a Joe job and then work at night times on, on your music or your painting or, or, or your running or whatever, you still get, if you can find just a way of doing those things a few hours a day that you love, um, that's great. Like, if I couldn't do this anymore as a full-time thing and all of a sudden I had to go back and move back to Australia, I think I was, I, now I would know how to, to maintain a level of happiness that I'd, that kind of I always thought that would 
that would be devastating if I if I would have had to have kind of given up. But I, I think I can handle it a lot better now. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you you broke up your audio like broke up a tiny bit there, but I, um, I agree just with everything you said, and it's it's uh, it's nice knowing I have a brother from Australia. <laughs> hey, uh, so I'm gonna finish with. If I need to reach out to three different people to have on Unrefined, who should I reach out to that you think would, you know, that maybe haven't been heard, that are voices out there that, you know, have had a positive influence on your perspective on life and would be interesting to speak with? Hmm. I don't know if I could come up with three off the top of my head, but I think that, um, well, I think that one I can't think of someone who who, was, who you could talk to necessarily, but if you could find somebody who could really, um, and I don't know what your diet is, but I, I'm such a believer in optimal human health for the bulk, for the majority of us um, can be found um, on a plant-based diet, um, or, or if, if not 100% plant-based, very small amounts of meat, um, right. I think, and, and unprocessed food. If you could find, uh, maybe you already have, um, some runners that have that uh, can demonstrate that because I think there's, in my experience as being, you know, vegan for nearly eight years, and honestly, I feel way healthier now than I did ten years ago. Um, that and I think that that's a big achievement for anyone who, if you can not only maintain your health, uh, but actually sort of feel and achieve a lot healthier lifestyle um, a decade later. Um, that's a win, and I think. If I'm, have you spoken to anyone like that? Any runners that are, have really had to turn their their athletic abilities around? Yeah, yeah, I, I've experienced it myself, honestly. Um, so, what's your, what's your diet? Sorry, if I my diet's all over the place. I try all all different things. Um, yeah, and my story began when I juiced basically kale for the most part, Caitlin apples yeah. for yeah. 40 days straight. That's all I did. Wow. I lost 50 pounds and incredible figured out I could actually run again. Mm. Yeah. So that, I mean, you could actually say that I became vegan for 40 days and it totally changed my life. Um, yeah. It was a bunch of ginger and like anti-inflammatory related yeah. Turmeric, foods. Was it? Turmeric. Yep. Yeah. Chia seeds are huge. Yeah. Uh, cause, uh, developing a diet with, you know, on a vegan scale with the proper omega fatty acids is really hard. It's like, well, actually it's not actually, uh, well, it's hard for me. Yeah. Well, what I, what I do for that is, um, I take marine algae, um, yeah. So that's, uh, so for me, that's, that's all I need. Um, and I don't, feel like i need anything else on top of that um nice. for threes. at least so far i mean have you done chia so, seeds at all yeah i do chia seeds regularly okay um, cool yeah i do, I do flax a lot as well flax yeah seeds. you're um, you're in tune with things you're, i'm gonna try to i mean i'm, I'm like not a pro I, <laughs> no i still eat junk food but uh but i try <laughs> i try my best because i mean i'm not i'm not vegan because i hate junk food i love yeah. junk food it's just because uh, it's more of an ethical thing and also a health Thing and also increasingly more an environmental yeah. thing. So kind of the th- three of the biggest issues that I feel like we're all facing um, can 
kind of be fixed with one pill. You know, you go vegan and you deal with a bunch of things. So, hey, if you guys are ever in Denver, we'll we'll find an awesome vegan restaurant. And yeah, I feel like I've found a couple. Know? Yeah, we should. And I feel yep. like I've I can't remember the names, but I've, I've been to a couple of good vegan restaurants in Denver before. And Colorado has a lot of that, which is which I love. And Colorado is such a such a beautiful state. Best best vegan place is uh, in Sh- in Chamonix, France. So, um, I've been to Chamonix. It was, it was beautiful, but it, oh but it was gosh. before I was vegan. It was about ten years ago, and I was still eating meat. So I think back then I was probably eating um, I don't know raw raw beef or something. Something something Chamonix. disgusting. What what were you mm. doing in Chamonix? Um, I went down there to watch the tour de france and it was it just happened to be the last year that lance armstrong was competing and he came third that year so i, I saw him and the rest of the tour go through the french Alps. so i was in uh honesty and, and chamonix what and do you think stunning. of uh mont blanc like it's yeah beautiful it's hard to explain unless yeah. you're there like it was summertime when we were there so we hiked uh, through the, the mountains it was stunning and there's still a fair bit of snow up at the yeah. top of course but um, that, uh, breathtaking, yeah. One of my favorite places on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to Stevie. If you guys are doing Red Rocks ever, just let me know. If you need mm. a a sleepy little uh, <laughs> subdivision to park your tour bus, let me know. Um, I will. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and where can people? I mean, let's hear about your new album. That's, I mean, you're in the recording studio as we talk. Yeah. Like, like mm. when's it drop and where can people follow you? Do you have a tour set up? And uh, well, there'll be where... another track coming out reasonably soon. Um, cool. We have one song out at the moment called "Can't Be Alone Tonight," which you mentioned. Uh, we have another song coming out in the very near future, um, and the album I, I'm going to say will be sort of towards the middle. It's probably the, the second half of this year, sometime there. Um, it's most of it is recorded with just a few more tracks that we're writing and finishing off but um it's coming up soon and, are you excited, and are you excited yeah i am because I mean... like i feel like it's uh i feel like it's arguably the best stuff that um that we've done and and obviously that's my own, own opinion but no, um, i'm i'm sensing that i'm an analyst so i'm always like checking trends because that's basically what i see in my head and your most recent song is tracking towards that like if you drop a whole album of that quality it's going to be off the charts well that's that, that's what we're aiming for um it's and, beautiful seriously but but but, but, it, but regardless of how how it's perceived i guess as long as for me as long as it's it's a real as long as i put it on i'm like yeah that that feels right then then i'm happy um so that's do coming you, soon do you listen to music when you run <laughs> i know it's totally random um, at the end here i but. actually no, to be, well, if I run on my own, I do, but I'll, I'll, most of the time I run with one of my brothers. So we just, um, it's more of, more of just focusing on your breath and the occasional conversation, which, which ruins the breath. But, yeah. uh, you know, but it's a okay, good, we, uh, if, you, if you're fit enough that you can have a good conversation, then that's a, that's a I'll good show, I'll show you guys some local trails anytime. So, yeah. Keith, thank you for taking so much time. Thanks, man. Great talking to you. And that's episode number one of Unrefined. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And big thank you to Keith and Atlas Genius. I mean, Keith was literally in the studio recording his new album. Took an hour of his time away from recording and studio time.
is not cheap, so very much appreciative of Keith for taking his time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And get ready. Unrefined new podcast. We'll have some really exciting episodes coming up. Thank you guys. Again, thank you to my sponsors for letting me do kind of crazy one-off projects like this Ultimate Direction. I'm using the Mountain 4.0 during Bighorn 100 Miler coming up here in a few weeks. Sufferfest Beer, big supporters from day one. Same with Hammer Nutrition. Very appreciative. Destination Trail, Candace Burt and her team have supported Training for Ultra. Thank you guys. Last but not least, exoskin, toe socks, calf sleeves, base layers. I'll be using them all basically during the Triple Crown of 200s. If you haven't used exoskin, feel free to use my promo code T the number four U20 for 20% off. 